Welcome to episode 66 of the Horror Dads podcast. You are joined again by your Horror Dads, John and Jamie. And we are here today to talk about the most, you know, the most important person in your life, potentially, that's not a family member. And who is that, Jamie? I think we're referring to the babysitter. Yeah, we're talking about the babysitter. Babysitter in horror is a very important role, very prominent one. It's a role of vulnerability, yet of growth and power. So we're going to talk about 10, and we were, we were laughing about this, right? Like, we don't know if these are good babysitters or bad ones. No, nah, they're just prominent babysitters, uh, yeah. babysitters that we like. Yeah, so some, uh, some I guess, are going to be good ones. Some are not as good, but yeah, 10 prominent roles, but... Yeah, man, the babysitter is an important part of life growing up. Dude. You, you might have a uh, one that steers you down the wrong path, maybe smoking jays on the back porch. Dude, formative, like very yeah. formative uh, uh, presence in a child's life. Definitely. Yeah. If you get one taken down the wrong path, it could be bad. Yeah. Or you could have one that's like uh, my mentor, you know, that yeah, person, yeah. person made me who I am. That's why I listen to hardcore music. Right. Because Jane showed me Nine Inch Nails when I was nine. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. who knows? Yep. Just made that. Totally made fine. That Jane may also be trying to get you to smoke a dube on the back porch. Jane's trying to get you to smoke Jane. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I'm excited uh, about this topic. Uh, how's it been going? It's been a while. It's been, what, like three weeks since we recorded. Yeah, so we're, <laughs> to, to everyone Just listening, summer. we're not, yeah, we're not, we're not going anywhere. We're not spacing out. We've, we've had some schedule conflicts. Uh, working around a couple of interviews. So Jamie and I decided to to get one in, uh, in the interim, as we're scheduling some interviews. We have some really great interviews coming up. Uh, just been chaotic with summer, not only our schedules, but the folks that we're trying to get on, <clears throat> scheduling around everybody. It's just, it's tough, but we're not going anywhere, and we are here to do yeah, this. Yeah, no, we're going to make it work. Um, Dude, it's, it's, speaking of, it's summer as hell. It's summer like 90 degrees. Fun. I'm, it's way too early for this, but I'm already missing fall and yearning for it. Well, dude, I mean, 4th of July is a couple, like it's next week. Yeah. I mean, it's, we're still way too far in the thrills, thrills yeah. of summer. Yeah. So it's been, it's been summer with the family, you know, uh, swimming, yeah. we're at the pool all the time, sports coming to an end, travel, all that shit. So, yeah. but things, things have been great. If you're coming in off the street, welcome. Uh, we always catch up for a couple minutes before we get to our topic. So. Uh, we'll, we'll be doing that momentarily here, but we're going to catch up. What do you yeah, we always do a little catching up. One of the things we always talk about is what we've been watching. Um, I haven't, dude, I, I don't know why I haven't really been. I know that you said you've been really laying into the uh, summer films just this week because I honestly, I had a moment. It was like Monday where I said, oh my God, like 4th of July is next week. I haven't watched Jaws yet. Like yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. So the, uh, I actually, uh, did watch Jaws for the first time this weekend, but I, <clears throat> I've been watching mostly, like I said, uh, I still know what you did last summer. And then I rewatched, I watched stranger things and then rewatch that like with work having on in the background, yeah. uh, rewatching that. And, uh, then I just recently watched, um, like I said, I was kind of yearning for fall. So I went and watched the, a movie that is like, I don't watch enough. It's a, the John Carpenter movie. um, uh, sorry, in the mouth of madness. Yeah, someone was talking about that the other day. Uh, you, I feel like you. Oh, uh, haven't watched it recently. I haven't, but another podcast I've been listening to a lot called "Let's Not Meet." It's like a, it's not a horror movie podcast, but it's like real life, uh, scary story kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the dude was talking about Father's Day, 
on a recent episode and he said every year for Father's Day I watch In the Mouth of Madness with my dad. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't imagine watching that movie with my dad, but So that movie is fucking great, dude. That's um, the one about I the author, like right? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's been a while since I've watched it as well. Um I just forgot like how good it is. Yeah, I really yeah. twisty and fucking Yeah. It's a mind fuck. I've not spent very much time at all no, with that yeah. movie in comparison to other Carpenter and you films. should because you know it still has all the Carpenter actors in it. Uh, yeah. it. still has that feel. The music is insane, insanely good. So yeah, yeah. no, great movie. Um, and then I also rewatched uh, Your Next. Oh, nice. Which is um, one that I haven't. I feel like I don't watch that one that often. Like I've seen it maybe two or three times. I feel like that movie, not in the horror community, but in our lives, had a bad rap. And I think it was from. A couple friends went to the theater and saw it and trashed it. And we were like, yeah, fuck that movie without. The, yeah. I hadn't even seen it and I had a bad taste. Yeah, It was one of those that got in that. I mean, it's a great fucking movie. So it, it is. Barbara Crampton is amazing. Yeah, in dude, it. yeah. The whole cast is great. And the, and the whodunit nature of it. It's fun. Yeah. That movie's great. I don't know the guy's name, but it's the guy with the curly hair from Kingpin. Like the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. And the dude from house of the devil, isn't it? Right. Roy. Um, what's that? The dude from House House of the Devil? Yeah, which dude? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, the brother. Yeah. yeah. The guy that exactly. shoots, shoots You know what's funny friend. is I remember asking you this when we watched it. Like, that's the dude from House of the Devil, right? He looks just, just like our friend Joey. Yeah, he does. <laughs> so, yeah, what have you been watching, man? So, I actually, I watched uh, Jaws today, in fact. I was outside. I did yard work legit, like, all weekend, uh, wrapping up a project out there. So, I watched Jaws, which was fantastic. I dipped into I Know What You Did Last Summer because 4th of July is next week. I After you had mentioned that you were re-watching Stranger Things after having finished it because we had our last episode, we are talking about television, yep. uh, uh, horror television shows, I started re-watching uh, through Stranger Things and then I also watched The Burning this week, which is pretty Ooh, much as summary yeah. as it gets. You got to think like The Burning, the kids at that camp are probably arriving. It's like May probably. Yeah, they're like, they're getting ready. They're working out their softball team last like weekend. This week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, dude, I've, I've just been getting summary as summary as possible. Nice. Yeah. Yep. What do you think your most watched summer horror movie is? <sighs> it's hard not to be jaws because like, especially something streaming that you can just always have on jaws is pretty safe to have on around the kids you can always have it on yeah i would the burbs is probably number one but that like if we took that out of the equation like that's my obvious answer i would i would say i don't know i just i just bought uh the the birds on blu-ray as well as psycho on blu-ray and i realized with the exception of a couple of scenes within those two films that those are relatively kid-friendly to have on yeah so I've been kind of leaning pretty hard into that, you know, rear window I always have on too with sure. the kids. So I've I've really been kind of on a Hitchcock kick too. I think I mentioned last time on our last recording, but that has not really subsided. And I've been leaning pretty hard into that. But I don't know. Yeah, Jaws, rear window, and privately without the kids around. I know you did last summer for sure, just because of the. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's one that I probably watched the most. Is I know what you did last summer crocker fest or whatever just like so fun yeah. to always have on yeah um yeah. you know there's some other ones that like the burning and Sleep sleepaway camp, camp have yeah. enough darkness to where like i'm i'm not gonna watch that <laughs> no. you know i have a film we're gonna talk, talk about tonight that is 
I realize not not far off from those in terms of of darkness, yeah, like yeah, yeah. just gritty kind of general nastiness. Sure, because <laughs> those movies really are. Those are like the kills in that are ruthless. Yeah, yeah, and the people in it, like the perspectives, they're just. It's there's a lot of ruthlessness. Sleepaway Camp is a little bit darker because it's a little more bizarro, oh, you know, with the ant and the um, cook. Yes, <sighs> that type of shit. So, like, that movie has even like deeper darkness. Um, even though it's like fun and there's a lot of funny like yeah. antics in that movie, there's always that underlying like this is dark. Boil that cook. Yep. All right. What? So we we you and I went to a horror convention a couple weeks ago. We went to the Monroeville Living Dead Weekend Festival, which was amazing. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, at the Monroeville Mall. Yeah, we got to check out the Dawn of the Dead scene. We got to meet up with our buddy Ghoulish Gary, who's amazing. Yeah, we got to see uh, Tom Savini recreating the sidecar motorcycle (laughs) uh, machete kill. He was, like, set up to do photos, photo shoots for that. Remember when we walked, like, in? We walked into that? Yeah, he was... It was basically like car. walking into someone's dressing room because he looked right at us and like <laughs> nodded and we were like, whoa. Yeah. Don't mind me, boys. I, I, we didn't mean to be on stage. Yeah. Like, we don't know how we got here. We walked through this door. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. First convention. But yeah, we met a ton of great vendors and there was a lot of great stuff there. There's this clothing brand called Death Comes Lifting that Jamie uh, picked up some merch from. Yeah, I did. We're going to have them on the podcast. They were awesome. It's like a awesome. muscle tee. It says... Uh... The Flexus Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, they had a Friday Thirteenth <laughs> style design too that says the body count continue or no the rep count continues. Yeah, their branding is amazing. The, the dude was really cool. The Flexor Cyst. Uh, yeah, they had a yeah, shirt. Yeah. So all, all of that kind of stuff, punny niche, really fun, awesome stuff. And yeah, dude, we had a great time. So what what did you pick up there? We spent a couple hundred bucks each, I think. Yeah, so uh, that's pretty pretty much what I've been buying. Um, so we found this cool little poster stand in the corner yeah. of one of the... Uh, so the the festival or the uh, convention was amazing because it wasn't just one big convention center with, you know, rows of vendors. It was essentially like different stores of the mall broken into uh, little... One of them was an old Hollister. Like we were laughing because yes. it was that like Tiki Hut Hollister yes. entrance. And we were like, here we go. Let's get some fucking cargo For shorts. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And there's one you could tell was probably a Hallmark, like with a glass yeah. case and yeah. shit. So yeah, it was, it was amazing fun, but we found one uh, room with a corner that was just filled with fucking posters. And it was like, buy two, get one free shit like that. Um, and I know that I picked up a dream warriors poster. I did the Friday, the 13th. Uh, I love New York with the uh, part eight. I think like, our buddy and, Mike has a poster. I think so. And then uh, what was the last one I got? Oh, so I kept Scream, thinking I got Scream, Scream 2. <laughs> Turns out I picked up the Scream 5 one. I, you I kept mean, mentioning it to me. You know, like I remember putting it in the trunk of my car and I was like, that definitely is not Scream 2. And you're like, dude, I'm so pumped I got that Scream 2. And I was like, it's, it's Scream 5. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> I know I had them both in my hand. I, I couldn't remember I which one yeah. I settled. On. I couldn't remember which one I chose. Um, but yeah, no, dude. And then I also got, oh, we ran into our buddy. We finally got to meet in person, Ghoulish Gary. Yeah. Gary Poland. And so what, what did you grab from Gary's stand? So uh, I got the My Bloody Valentine the print. print is amazing, uh, Which is dude. just, like you said, it's one of those where like three years from now when I'm looking at it, I'm going to be like, oh my God, I never even noticed this part of the poster because it's just filled with so many little diagrams and fun little Easter eggs. Yeah. Um, I, I picked up a shirt from uh, Death Comes Lifting, and I don't... Oh, dude, I got bath bombs from this 
cool little fucking place called Horror Hub. Yeah. Um, they had a booth set up and they were, they had like all these little handmade goods and I picked up these bath bombs. I got the, uh, eight bit Friday the 13th, uh, Jason Voorhees mask. Um, and then I got a little Chucky, um, uh, bath bomb that I use for the kids. So but by use for the kids, I mean, just took two baths in a row, uh, with bath bombs. Your wife came in and you were in the bath with the kids. Jamie, like, what, what the, the fuck, fuck are, are you doing? doing? <laughs> you're in there with a bathing suit on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. I was, so that little stand you're talking about, that little poster stand, I also picked up a couple posters up in there. I grabbed uh Night of the Creeps one, which is right there, and I got a Friday thirteenth part two one, which I hung under my Friday thirteenth original over here. And I also grabbed something from Gary's stand. I grabbed the it's the cover of his his book that he had published, uh one of the covers of the issues. But it's from Friday the Thirteenth, and the the hockey mask is up in the sky, and it's comprised of like uh, lightning bolts, pretty much, and it's it's amazing. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah, and I also picked up a book from this dude we've talked to for a long time. He's a professor at Carnegie Mellon, right, or University of Pittsburgh? Yeah, I think it was Pitt. Yeah, and he <clears throat> teaches film studies and whatnot, and he published a novel called horror film and otherness and i picked that up and it's all about uh, the counterculture and you know the monsters not really being the bad guys but the versions of ourselves within stories and whatnot so it's super intelligent and he was a great dude to talk to and we're looking forward to having a relationship with him and the other thing i i did some shopping over with our buddies at toxic coffin one of our favorite merch oh yeah uh, apparel brands and there's what you buy with those dudes, and then there's what they send you, which is not always the same thing. Yeah, uh, it's always more than what you expect. They send so much cool additional stuff with every purchase, and it just makes the experience of opening things amazing. So, I did I did pick up uh, a Stranger Things T-shirt of L in the in the Rainbow Room. So they sent me that with uh, a a little packet of tissues that came with it because L always has bloody nose, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, and they sent me this Peter Vincent shirt I have on right now from Fright Night, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. And the shirt I had on today, which was my tie-dye uh, Freddy Krueger like surf shop, shop shirt. And it came with an additional pair of sunglasses that say sleep kills the pink pink pair of shades that you have, Jamie. Yeah, so yep. now we can match when we go out in public and our family can make fun of us further. Also, our buddy Travis has the same glasses. Yeah. Yes, he so does. So we're just like... And the he glass, was, the pink glasses trio. He was beach blasting today. He was, dude. Yeah. Reading Jaws too with our horror dad's koozie in <sighs> nice. hand. Love that guy. How about that? Oh, but so I I touched on what I'm wearing, which is my Peter Vincent tee. Oh, yeah. that I yeah, got yeah. from uh, from our buddies in Toxic Coffin. But what do you have on over there? I actually have the I know what you did last summer pocket tee from Cavity Colors. Cavity Colors. The hook pop. Po- yeah, just on poking on the pocket. One of those shirts that you just have to get. Yeah, so dude. so good. So good. Uh, so I know I've been talking about toxic coffin for a minute here, but the last segment we want to touch on before we get into our episode theme here is, uh, we always talk about family for a minute, you know, horror dads, family's important. Yes. So speaking of that stranger things tea I was wearing yesterday when I was with your family, when we were at, uh, our friend Jason's. So the t-shirt has some pretty cool colors to it. And the, the, the image is of, of 11 and she has a bloody nose but it kind of looks like she has a booger almost mm-hmm. like if you're four or seven years old, 
one might interpret it that way. And instantly I put it on and my four-year-old came up. She's like, why does she have a booger? And I was like, her nose is bleeding. And she goes, oh, okay. And then Finley came in and she's like, why does she have a booger? And I was like, God damn it. Her <laughs> nose is bleeding. It's 11. <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty funny. What about you, family-wise? Well, mine was actually going to be uh, that I watched Jaws with the family. The kid, It was the first time the kids have seen a little bit oh, of it. Oh, no way. And uh, I put it on the first scene to see what they would you know, do and say and how they would react. Um, and it was totally enough to keep it going. We watched probably, I don't know, maybe an hour of it. We saw the raft scene. Um, the kids my, watch that? Yeah, they did. In my, uh, I, I actually like forgot it was coming up and just like, oh, it was one of those where it crept up on me. Yeah. Ah. Um, but yeah, so my eight-year-old was like, okay, well, I'm not going in the ocean. Yeah. And my wife has been telling me this, like, if you, if you put it on for him, like, he's, he's not going to go in the ocean again. I was like, it'll be fine. Lake Placid, never going to lake again, I yeah, guess. no, never. <laughs> well. So, yeah, that was the uh, family antic for me. Let's I'm ready do a, a couple shout-outs real quick. Yeah. Before we jump in. So, we have a new patron. Aaron Franklin is someone you know a little bit there, Jamie. Mm. It's actually your sister. My right? sister from the UK. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Aaron. Love we appreciate you. you so much. So thanks, Aaron. Uh, Aaron and I used to play um, Silent, Silent Hill, Hill 2, 2 right? in this basement yeah. uh, when we were like <clears throat> kids. And it was always super scary and super fun. And there, there's something that uh, is horror related to uh, to Aaron. So Oh, man. Playing um, Silent Hill 2 in an environment like a dingy basement Dude. with like dimly lit oh man i'm all in on that yeah it's a great game uh so for those that are interested in potentially joining patreon we do have a couple tiers we've got a five dollar tier and a ten dollar tier so we do monthly watch alongs we do um bonus episodes where we cover films we've never seen before and we'll watch those and then we'll also do a bonus episode each month uh, and sometimes our wives join us for horror moms which is super fun but it's it's tough getting them uh getting them yeah. on sometimes because getting all four parents in yeah. one room is tough. Gotta just especially summer because the kids are up late as fuck. Throw some cedar chips down for the kids and let them go yeah. wild upstairs. You know, uh, what else? Oh, our merch. So we have some overstocks of our bright orange horror dad's tank tops for summertime. Nice up in the shop. So uh, head over there if you want to grab an overstock, or we do have koozies for sale. And we also have our traditional uh, couple t-shirt options available for sale over at horrordads.com. Please check us out on social media everywhere at horrordads. And if you'd like the show, a review would go a super long way. It helps others find us. You can do so on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Before we get started, I have some statistics I need to share with you. You want to hear some? Yeah, man. Fill me in. All right. Did you know 85.8% of all babysitters are female? Makes sense. That's according to Zipia.com. What would you say the average age of a babysitter is? Mm, 16. 38. The what? average age. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, according also to the same website there are 61,725 babysitters employed in the US today. I don't know how many kids there are but if you divide that by the number of kids that ratio has got to be like 1 to 15,000. Yeah. I feel like that's grossly low. 
But this must just be like people that do this for an actual living. Sure. Not, uh, hey, I can be there Monday for $50 (laughs) under the table. And this is like care.com type shit. So listen to this. This is the, this blew my mind out of my brain. You ready for this? Yeah. So businesswire.com aggregated data from care.com, which is that like aggregate, like what I just said. Yeah. Yeah. Babysitter site. Mm hmm. So they published an article about the five least expensive cities in the United States for babysitters. Okay. What do you think number one is? You said five. Least expense, like the place where if you're babysitting, you're going to make the least amount of money. Okay. Um, Ohio. What city? <sighs> oh. Well, fuck. I don't. Cleveland. Youngstown. What? Youngstown, Ohio, where we live, was number one on this list. I fell out of my what chair. What the fuck? Dude. Out of the five least expensive uh, locations, three are in the state of Ohio. God damn. So Youngstown, Ohio, Toledo, Ohio, McAllen, Texas, Lakewood, Florida, and Akron, Ohio. See that? We're ahead of the curve. So if you want to have kids, uh, come <laughs> over here. Come here. Cheap, cheap child. It's John and I are going to show up. We charge $5 an hour and we, we make show, them watch horror movies. Yeah, we're going to show them all 10 movies we're about to talk about. Yeah. The most expensive are San Jose, California, San Francisco, California, Bridgeport, Connecticut, Boston, Massachusetts, and obviously Damn. New York, New York. So Manhattan. But I thought that was fun. When I found that Youngstown statistic, I honestly was like, oh my God. I am floored. Yeah. All right. Well, with that. Let's get at it. Enjoy. All right. So, Jamie, do you want to go first? You want me to go first? Yeah, you go first, and then uh, I will hop in after you so eloquently uh, describe your first choice. (laughs) All right. So, my first choice, this is someone that I guess, like, ostensibly she is a good babysitter. However, uh, she's not a good person, but she does her job super well. So, this is one of those... That where do you where do you land on the spectrum? Okay, right? yeah. So I'm going back to 1976 to a film that a lot of us have seen, and I think we've covered before on the show, but the Richard Donner classic, The Omen. For generations, the Thorns have been a family of tremendous wealth, position, and power. The perfect marriage of Ambassador Robert Thorne and his wife Catherine was fulfilled by the birth of their son, Damien, and then. When the child was five years old, something terrible happened. And then it happened again. So our character's name is Mrs. Baylock, right? So Billy Whitelaw, I believe, is who played... Mrs. Baylock. So as I mentioned, this was the Richard Donner film, also starring Gregory Peck, Lee Remick, uh, Harvey Stevens. And the premise of this movie is that mysterious deaths surround an American ambassador who is overseas. And could the child he is raising actually be the Antichrist or the devil's own son? And yes, is the answer to that question. So Damien, our character, our child. Um, so basically, you know, Gregory Peck, for those that haven't seen this, I feel like most of you have by this point, but Gregory Peck and his wife have 
a child uh, and during the birthing process, they lose the baby. However, the wife doesn't know. Gregory Peck has the opportunity to basically reassign a random kid to be their child and not tell his wife in the moment of, of birthing. And he does that. So they're basically raising a kid where he thinks that it's their kid or she thinks it's their natural born son. And Gregory Peck knows that it's not. So he's got to live that lie basically forever, which is scary in itself. Right. So you're already like right out of the gate. You're already unsettled. Like, okay, now I have to, now I fucking know this lie and I got to carry this around for this entire movie. And you're waiting for that bubble to burst uh, the entire time. And, and Damien has this really kind, generous babysitter named Holly. So Holly is not Mrs. Bla- Mrs. Baylock. Mrs. Baylock comes later. Holly is the initial nanny he has for the first, I don't know, like four or five years of his life. I think it's his fifth birthday, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're at this party. Holly comes out. Everyone's having a great time. You're on. It looks like the the reflection pond in Washington, D.C. It's this like beautiful uh, landscape and this great lavish party. And you're like, oh, my God, everyone's so rich and happy and having this wonderful time at this affluent birthday party. And then Holly comes out up top on the building and basically says like, Damien, I'm doing this all for you. And she jumps from the side of the building, hangs herself in front of everybody. This huge spectacle happens. That, that, scene is terrifying dude like terrifying i hate that scene so she kills herself in the most grotesque way possible and then the family finds themselves in the situation where they have to hire a new babysitter right so they need a new nanny so mrs baylock comes in has her interview and the interview sequence is pretty unsettling because you can tell that the uh, that Mrs. Baylock has like an idea of how children should be raised and how things should be done. And that that way is not necessarily what the desire of the family is. And that theme like happens throughout the rest of the movie. Like she knows best, but you do come to find that Mrs. Baylock actually is like, she's a legit, a legit demon that was sent from hell to watch over Damien like that. Yeah. That she is a demon. And I'm not saying that to be flippant, like, She's actually a fucking demon. So when you say to me, does this person have the child's best interest at heart? The answer is yeah. Like she's there to do the job. The child just happens to be literally the devil's son and not a good guy. Yeah. Uh, And she's, she's terrifying. Uh, Her presence is so sinister. The relationship that she has with the child and the, the rigidness and the friction that she has with the parents is so apparent and so just jarring and unsettling. And the way she wrangles in that dog too, the Doberman, it's terrifying and scary. And it's almost like the three of them are this like little click clan that are really, you know, they create a lot of problems in this atmosphere in the movie. So she does an amazing job. Billy Whitelaw does a killer job acting the part and it's great. So that's my first pick. Mrs. Baylock from the Omen from 1976. Nice. Yeah, I forgot about that one uh, from the babysitter context. Yeah, this was a late pick for me, too, because, you know, babysitter uh, nannies, I guess, are technically babysitters, but sure, they're more permanent kind of fixtures. So this isn't quite the uh, the one and done. My parents are going out to dinner. I need somebody to come in kind of thing. But yeah. So I'm going with Mrs. Baylock. 
All right, buddy. Well, I kind of went the same route with this one. Uh, mine is also a live-in nanny, uh, my first pick, and it is The Boy from 2016. Oh, shit. We've had a number of potential nannies come through already. Do you think you can manage? Of course. I'm Malcolm. Hi. I'm the grocery boy. Well, grocery man. <laughs> Lead the way. Allow me to introduce Mr. Hilter. And this is our son, Bronze. <laughs> Music gives him so much joy. Bronze is not like other children. It is very important that you follow these rules. Be good to him and he'll be good to you. The real Brahms. He was downright strange. A little girl from town used to come out here to play with Brahms. They found her body in the woods. By the time the police arrived, the place was up in flames. Brahms didn't make it out. So, have you seen this movie, John? I have. All right, so I think that we both went into this one pretty late. Kind of, 100%. Like, yeah, like... It's came uh, out in 2016? 27 uh, no 2016 2016 yeah i mean i i've seen this movie recently i'd say yeah i think we were both kind of put off by the premise just kind of like okay you know another goddamn doll um but yeah the premise of this one is greta a young american woman takes a job as a nanny in a remote english village uh which is fucking really remote it's like a countryside house it's beautiful great uh but she discovers that the uh the boy that she's there to take care of is actually uh, a doll. And uh, she thinks the parents are wacko. They're pretty old. Yeah. Uh, so she finds out that the doll is essentially a representation of the boy um, when he had died at the age of eight, I believe. Yeah. Um, so she has to take care of this boy. Um, she thinks the parents are crazy, Looney Tunes. Really strange things start happening. The parents leave. They go on holiday or something and uh, to never return. They leave her a note essentially telling her, you know, like, here's your uh, burden. You're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> so she's taking care of this doll. You know, she's like changing it, yeah. feeding it, giving you baths and shit. And uh, I think she's the whole time is thinking of this as like a joke, right? Like, this is really ridiculous. I'm like making this killer salary. Uh on uh, doing this weird shit, taking care of a doll. Uh, she's got some weird baggage back home, maybe an abusive boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, so she kind of came out here to escape. You could really, if this was a good situation, you couldn't ask for one better, right? Uh, you, it's a little bit weird taking care of a doll, but uh, it would be much better than taking care of a real child, uh, if we're being honest. <laughs> uh, it would be a lot easier. It would, it would certainly be easier. Yeah. <laughs> so then we find out that weird shit is starting to happen the doll's moving right like she'll leave the room come back it's like head is in a different position or 
uh, some weird shit like that. But yeah, no, I, I think that she's a great nanny, great babysitter. Uh, she's doing really weird shit. Yes, she's getting paid. Uh, but you know, she actually seems to kind of do a good job. Yeah. yeah. Um, they they give her very strict instructions, like, you know, handwritten list of like shit that needs done and like what time it needs done. And, uh, when you think of doing this really like, uh, you know, minute shit for a doll, it's like, come on, I'm, I'm not even going to go out of my way to make sure the soup is like room temp, you know, like eating temp. I don't care if it's scalding hot. Uh, so just weird stuff like that, man. But yeah, no, I think she's a good, good nanny, right? Could you imagine being in a foreign country and having everything around you be unfamiliar and then finally you're like, oh, babysitting, like there's a, a language I understand. Yeah. I can do this, right? You have your interview, you get brought in, you're like, okay, this is fantastic. Like I just got this new job. This is going to be great. This is going to work out. You get there and you find out, okay, here's the boy. Say hello. Here's your boy. <laughs> just imagine that. Dude. <laughs> no, I what know. What do you do? You what fucking do you? run. You run. Right? I don't, I don't know that I'd run. You wouldn't run? Dude, it would be fucking weird. But again, she's probably making a great salary living in this fucking dope house. <laughs> this is just what they do in Great Britain. She has like a handsome like food <laughs> delivery guy, yeah. right? Like everything's yeah, perfect yeah, for her. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there are 18 people in this town. It just so happens to be that the, the food delivery guy is like really <laughs> handy. He's a Chippendales model. GQ was like, you know, uh, take a break. So I came here. He's like, oh, can you hand me? I dropped my Calvin Klein underwear over there. Can you hand that to me, please? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah no. Dude, that's that's a good pick. And that's off the beaten path a little bit. I think we tried to pick some non-familiars. Yeah, a as bit we here. do. Yeah. I yeah. actually haven't seen this movie a lot. Uh, have you ever seen the second one with fucking highlight uh, of her career, Katie Holmes? I positively have not. <laughs> I did, and I don't know why. Uh, is it called The Boy? The bo- Boy in the Hood or... What is it? You wish the boy in space. Like you wish it was yeah, that dude. It's not. I think it's actually just called the boy too. Pretty clever. The boy, the boy in the city, the boy too. Mm. Boys night out. All right. Here's my next pick. So this is a movie we've talked about a ton, but I could legit. There were two prominent roles came to mind from this prompt one of which being this. Uh, so I couldn't not pick this one. I'm going with Samantha from House of the Devil from 2009. I can tell you like it. I love it. It's perfect. About the deposit, I'll agree to waive all the deposit stuff. You just give me the first month's down, we'll call it a day, all right? It's hard coming up with all that money, isn't it? Uh, it's gonna work out. You're not the one with $84 in a bank account and a check to write on Monday. You know what you should do. Hi, I'm calling in regards to the babysitter flyer posted outside my... So I know we've talked about this Ty West classic a zillion times. However, as I mentioned, this prompt would not exist without this role so we would be remiss not to mention it so jocelyn donahue tom noonan who's insanely Mm. talented um greta gerwig is also in this but this is a throwback film takes place in 1983 even though it was filmed in 2009 and in 1983 we have a financially struggling college student named samantha hughes who takes a strange babysitting job that coincides with a full lunar eclipse. And she slowly Ooh. realizes that her 
her clients are kind of holding a terrible secret. Mm. She comes to find that. So Jocelyn Donahue is who plays our character of Samantha Hughes. And she does an incredible, incredible job. I love the whole setup. Obviously, the the filming style creates a level of comfort, comfortability and and just familiarness, I think, that that you come to have from being a kid that grew up watching 80s movies, right? So the filming style is great. And the dire circumstances where, you know, Samantha's character is put in this position where she's like, look, I really need to find a way to get the money that I need to get to do this thing that I want to do. She wants to get her new apartment. She's in this really bad situation with a uh, bad roommate. And D Wallace has this really great house that she's going to rent. And she goes and tours it. D Wallace says like, forget the security deposit. You seem like a good kid. Just give me first month's rent. We'll call it square. So she's instantly in the spot where you're, your conflict at the onset is that she needs money, right? And as a college student, she's like, okay, great. I'll babysit. Like that's, that's what we do as college kids to, to find money. So the direness, the demand, the need is set up and it's all hinged around this opportunity that she finds as she's walking on campus and she sees this little tab, a pool tab that says like, Hey, babysitting a big dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign, call this number. So the setup is pretty dramatic. She calls uh, for this opportunity. They don't answer, but then they call the phone booth back, which is crazy for the 80s. She's like, hey, how'd you get this number? Hey, sorry, I missed you. Meet me at this building at this time. They flake on it. She's really upset. She goes back to her shitty roommate, reinforces why she should be so upset. And uh, then they end up making contact again and making arrangements. Hey, this is the address. Be there tonight at this time. Along the way, uh, Jocelyn and her friends uh, or Samantha and her friend are at this really cool pizza place and everything's centered around this lunar eclipse. And that uh, Jamie and I've talked multiple times about the scene in the, in the pizza place, but like get us in there, man. Like it's so, so awesome in that place. And it's a like eighties personified because yeah. it's got the booths, you know, the and the, even the Coke cups that are like the cups straight out of the eighties. Yeah. So good. Uh, but the, so the relationship with her friend, the pizza, the direness, the setup all culminate and lead to this, to this moment where she has her friend drive her out to this house. It's dark. She's dropped off. She gets there. Hey, can't wait to babysit the kid. Where's the kid? Oh, we forgot to tell you. It's not actually a kid. It's our elderly mother. (laughs) Yet again, much like the boy, you're in the scenario where you're like, okay, fuck this. The old bait and switch. The friend is like really upset about this. Yeah. She's like, no fucking way. They lied. They're liars. Like, she's like, let's get out of here. Right. But Jocelyn or Samantha, I keep calling her by her actual name. Yeah. Samantha is in the mode of, look, I need the money. They offered me more to be here. It's an old woman. They said not to wake her up. She's going to sleep the whole time. They're going to leave me 20 bucks for pizza. Like, I, what, what could possibly go wrong? I'm going to do this. I need to do this. Yeah. So 
that's when the thing unfolds the whole movie you know from there it's all kind of fun and games and nostalgia and then she's in the place and our favorite scene happens where uh she's listening to that song one thing leads to another right yeah yeah listen with her headphones she's got her walkman going she's dancing then that moment where that that urn whatever it is falls off the the top of the stairs and hits like that's the the moment where the movie kicks into gear i think it's like the start of the second act or whatever uh and it gets really intense from there but she is a a great babysitter she's a great survivor she would be she's just really level-headed and a, a really great character and i love this movie i love her character i love the way she acts it she acts the hell out of it and she does a great job and yeah that's who i gotta go with Nice, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's probably one that if you hadn't picked, I would have picked. Uh, just because I love that movie so goddamn much. Yeah. And she, Jocelyn Donahue's acting in that movie, honestly, is is top-notch. So, Jocelyn, if you want to be on the podcast, we have room for you. Welcome aboard. All right, so my number four is going to be uh, a movie that it, I believe was a Netflix original. Mm pretty obvious one here uh this is the babysitter from 2017 all right tomorrow night you me party what up say be cautious if there's any trouble okay cold don't cause any trouble i bet b has boys over at your place all the time that's what babysitters do have you ever been awake after she's fallen asleep? Ow. I love her. And our babysitter in question here is uh, B, played by Samara Weaving, who's incredible. Um, in everything she does, and this movie is no exception. Um, the plot of this movie is Cole. Cole is a kind of a, a loner boy. Um, gets bullied, gets made fun of. But he's got this incredibly like fun, um, attractive, and uh, just like really jovial babysitter named B who's pretty old. Like she's probably 17 or 18 in this movie. Yeah. Uh, high school senior. And he's, I believe 12. So it's one of those where like as a young boy with really attractive, uh, older friend or babysitter or whoever, um, he's kind of like in love with her in a way, you know? Yeah. Um, this is pretty much everything I want in a woman. Uh, she's my dream girl. And turns out she's the leader of a satanic cult. Uh, so after they put him to bed, they're planning a uh, sacri- sacrifice uh, to the devil. And this movie is just tons of fucking fun. Um, I'm actually kind of going to talk about both movies only because uh, the first movie sort of ends with uh, him killing all of it. It's like her and a group of friends. Um, they're having like this really fun party. So the night, the first night that we find this out, he goes to bed they go down there having this fun party, playing spin the bottle. Um, he's kind of watching, and it's just like, oh my god, this is the high school party that you know I aspire to be at someday. And uh, this is what I got to know to he, like make it in high school, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And he quickly <laughs> learns that this is not the party you want to be at. 
uh, blood soaked affair takes place. This movie does not hesitate with the, yeah. yeah. (laughs) What's happening? Um, This movie's really funny. Um, The second one goes a little overboard, I feel like. I still Um, haven't seen the second one. It kind of ramps up everything to 11, right? So it's like, oh, you guys like this? We're going to do this even more. Um, So this will be a spoiler, but so she is, let's just start here. She's an amazing babysitter. Like she's dancing with him, uh, making him just feel so much better. Like I think when she comes over that first night, he feels really down. He's getting bullied. Um, It just, you know, that has to beat you up as a person. So you have this amazing, uh, you know, babysitter now that's taking you in and doing everything she can to make you feel wanted and loved and respected. And uh, that's just everything he needed at that moment. She puts him to bed, find out that, you know, this is all bullshit. And uh, she's just this fucking satanic cult leader. So it's just really like affecting for him to find that out that like his escape is now, you know, trying to kill him. Um, So in the second one, he, uh, the first one ends with like his love interest and him like escaping and, you know, winning essentially. Second one starts where no one believes him. She won't even admit it. So he's just like, again, looks like this fucking idiot that everyone makes fun of with this outlandish story. Um, and you find out there's going to be spoilers for sure here. Um, you find out that his girlfriend was also in the same fucking cult and her friends and they take him out on this fucking houseboat. Oh, this is in the sequel. Yes. <laughs> so like his escape again is now this fucking yeah. shitty. Long Jenna Ortega, our girl from Scream Five, yeah, uh, is the love interest in this one that he meets, and uh, they kind of have you know the oddball thing in common. You find out that her previous babysitter was B Samara Weaving, and um, they got in a serious fucking car accident. Jenna Ortega should have been killed, but Samara Weaving uh, made a deal with the devil that if Jenna Ortega could live, she would sacrifice her body and her life to the devil so you find out that she did all this because she was an amazing fucking babysitter from the get-go uh so it's it's like a quite the fucking turn of events she ends up saving their lives so uh she's really a badass babysitter um in the long run yeah dude and i I love i love how fun this movie is i love how the sentiment is just not it's self-aware and not too not too serious and it's almost like got that kind of like Tucker and Dale versus evil sort of comedy yeah. to it where there are the obvious elements of horror, but there's also just that snappy kind of witty relevant. It came out in a time that you and I are both, you know, comedy in the eighties is not comedy like today. So we love eighties movie for the eighties re- movies for the reason that we love eighties movies. But when really good movies come out today and there's the comedy that's super relevant to the time, it's it's really refreshing to see and it's really refreshing to experience and this movie absolutely nailed the shit out of that i feel like this movie was kind of the start of that new trend uh because we got to a point where like i think people kind of forgot about the horror like forgot about doing it because it just was sucked it's either way over the top or just not or funny just like too serious yeah. and there were so many things that were so serious and too serious where it kind of got to the point where it was like oh cool haunted house movies with cgi like how right. how many times are we gonna fucking do this yep so this took a traditional concept of the babysitter and to your point about the relationship, dude, like that is fucking, that is everything. This movie hit this person is everything to Cole. Right. And he's, 
got a rough go of it and he's relying on this relationship to kind of pull him out of the fire and it just puts him deeper kind of into it and the whole process of self-discovery and growth and all of that that he experiences it's 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 really awesome i haven't seen the second one yet but from that first one you know what shocks him about what he finds from b is also what makes his relationship with her that much more special in the long run because he's got to go from like, Oh, I've got to figure it out. Like this is my ideal person to like, Oh my God, things aren't what they fucking seem to be. Yeah. It's life. so devastating. And so he's devastated yet again. And he's got to kind of climb out of that, which he does successfully, obviously, which is great. And dude, so fun. And again, this prompt, how could you not you have fucking to. have this yep. movie in here? And this movie is so great. Very good. Very good pick. All right. Let me head to my, this is my number three. So this is an old one, man. Uh, this is the one I alluded to at the, the top end about being pretty mean-spirited. But this is the film from 1981 directed by Ed Hunt called Bloody Birthday. 1970, three children were born during a total eclipse of the sun. Now, ten years later, they share a terrible compulsion to kill, and no one can stop them. If they decide they don't like you, watch out. <laughs> Children will stop at nothing to get a deadly murder weapon. Ooh, yeah, this one is pretty mean. Dude. So Joyce is... Fucked up. Yeah, it's really fucked up. The cake with the... Ugh. Joyce is our main character. And, or not our main character. Joyce is our babysitter. Joyce. Uh, and I guess main character. She's kind of the, the, the omnipresent moral compass of the, yeah. of the story. So Joyce is the babysitter in, in question here. And the... The premise of this film, I feel like a lot of people, this might be new to a lot of people. So three children are born at the eclipse of the sun. So we're at another eclipse film. That's the second one consecutively. Yeah, yeah. So they're, and that's a scene in the beginning where the eclipse happens and they're like, everyone's shitting their pants about it. Like they're going absolutely nuts. It's pretty funny. But uh, so three children are born at the eclipse of the sun Ten years later, they begin to murder people all around them, even their own family members. Okay. Now, these kids turn to fucking evil personified, man. Children of the corn type shit. Again, if this prompt were kids you wouldn't want to babysit, this would be fucking number... (laughs) Dude, number one. Yeah. Number one. So, a couple things. Maybe Brahms, the boy. Dude. (laughs) Okay, so the, the kids in question here... First and foremost, there's they're they are little shits in this movie, dude. Yeah, and so they're the, the smiles, the devilish smiles dude, they have. The smiles oh, that makes so, them so disturbing. You have like three uh, classes of character in this film. So you have your adults, which are like parents, kind of like older than Jamie and I. So these are like adults in their forties and fifties. You have teenage kids, and then you have these little little shits. And then also in the little shits bucket, you have kids like around their age that are vulnerable to being killed, basically. Yeah, yeah. So these are the the individuals that we have to work with. So these little kids are oftentimes relatives, like brothers or sisters of these teenage kids. Okay. Yep. So Joyce, our babysitter here, is watching after her younger brother for for the film. Because I think their parents are out of town. They're on vacation. 
And her brother, her little brother, is one of the good guys, and he's friends or he interacts with these three kids that are the evil reincarnate that were born under the the eclipse. They lock him in a refrigerator out in the junkyard. Uh, they try and kill him, and they kill their own family members. Joyce has this friend uh, who's like the quintessential 1980s female presence whose body is severely objectified. Mm. And the sister of that girl, she lets kids pay a quarter to look through a Ugh. peephole that she made while she gets dressed in her bedroom. Oh my and that's God. her sister. Yeah, you remember that's... that scene where she's getting dressed and that ridiculous fucking song is playing? Like the most <laughs> ridiculous song on planet Earth is playing. And she's like dancing in front of the mirror, swinging her clothes over her head. Uh, but they're they're bad. <laughs> they are all bad. But so back uh, to Joyce and her little brother. Uh, so Joyce is the Laurie Strode of the film. This this movie straight up has a sequence that is a complete, complete ripoff of Halloween. Mm-hmm. Complete. So this came three years later. So Joyce, I remember this, yeah, dude. So the 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 girl I was just referencing who was getting changed, yeah is best friends with Joyce. So she and Joyce are walking down a residential suburban street. Joyce is holding books in front of her. She's dressed just like Laurie Strode. The dialogue of what they're talking about is just like with the dialogue in Halloween. And then who pulls up? The police chief. The police chief is the friend's fucking dad. So even like her dad's the cop. Like, yeah. same, dude, it's from, it's, it's Halloween. Uh, but... The, the scene where they're walking hand in hand is is really reminiscent of that. So if you if you like Halloween, which I think pretty much everybody that listens to this podcast does, you will appreciate that at the very least because, you know, sometimes you like to hear cover bands of some of your favorite bands. The relationship between Joyce and her brother, who she's sitting after uh, for the majority of the film, is pretty cool because she's really compassionate, smart, uh, kind of vulnerable. And she's trusting and encouraging too. Cause like he's sneaking in, uh, early on in the film and he, she's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, he's like climbing through the kitchen window, which is like the worst window. It's the one over the, the kitchen sink. Uh, and he's like climbing in and she's like, what are you, do- what are you doing? And she like gives him a break. She doesn't rat him out. So she really cares about him. Uh, her presence in the film is really critical to, you know, survival. And again, she's sort of that moral compass. She's the Atticus Finch of the film. And, uh, this, this movie's, I don't, I don't know if I want to say it's great, but it's, it's super mean. Uh, the kills are really gnarly and kind of nasty, uh, from these little kids, but it's a good movie. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen this one, uh, but I caught it on a kind of a whim. I saw it was streaming and gave it a watch. And I remember that Halloween scene being one of the most prominent things I remembered. I, I Dude, feel like I remember yeah. texting you like, you need to watch this movie and yeah, you, uh, you need to see this scene. And th- this is on, uh, I, I think it's on shutter right now. Uh, yeah. It comes and goes. Yeah. I actually, I watched it again today in preparation for this episode. Did you watch it on shutter? I, it was on something. I feel like I looked it up. It might've been maybe Tubi. Tubi. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's available somewhere right now, uh, with all the subscriptions we have. So yeah, this is uh this is a good one. It's worth a watch. Yeah, it for sure is. All right, man. 
Let's head to your number three. Yeah, so this is one that you are familiar with, uh, you and I both. Uh, this is Catherine Winnick's uh, take on Tabitha from the movie Amusement. Mm. Do you know where you are, Tabitha? I realize you're in a serious state of shock. What's amusing you? So this movie is sort of an in sort of an anthology, right? It's got like uh, oh, it, a few different storylines. Yeah, uh, they all connect with one main story. Um, but this is, I think, the second uh, set of stories. Uh, and this one pertains to Tabitha, who we see approach her, her um, aunt and uncle's house. Uh, I guess she's kind of there to relieve the babysitter, right? She's kind of there to take over, maybe watch the kids overnight. Um, I don't know when the parents are getting back, but she gets there expecting the babysitter to be there. The babysitter, uh, the kids tell her, has already left, which is fucking strange. So she's, you know, befuddled, but okay, whatever. Uh, Then she is approached later by um, Owen, who knocks at the door uh, in a very just like, it's raining outside. It's raining. He's in a raincoat. Yeah, you can't yeah, yeah. see into the coat. You know what I mean? You can't yeah. see a face. He says he's there looking for his uh, girlfriend who was there to babysit. Her name is June. She's a babysitter or a uh, cheerleader. And um, he's asking her if she's seen her. She's like, no, I haven't. Um, but this is really fucking creepy. So please go away. <laughs> and yeah. uh, so he leaves. And she is then, you know, she just. She has a list that she needs to take care of the kids. Quiet time. She makes the weirdest looking sandwich I've ever seen. Cheese sticking out. Uh, it's fucking bizarre. <laughs> uh, but this this movie, you and I love, and this scene is like the reason we love it, right? It's like one of the scariest fucking out of nowhere scenes where you're like, yeah, one of the scariest scenes is from the movie Amusement. And everyone's like, what? what Dude, fucking movie Amusement. People have not seen this movie. Yeah, no, it, it's it honestly don't sleep on this movie. It's it is a good one. If you like horror films, you like horror anthologies particularly, this is a good movie. It's a really good movie. And you know what's funny is I see a lot of hate online for this movie. I don't know why. Mm. Whatever. It's fine. You don't have well, to like, like it. Well, like, I guess the point is that the story is nonsensical, which it fucking is. But well, if no, you story, if you're going into this movie expecting Hold on a second. If you're going into this genre, taking things too seriously and saying like well how does he have that coat on now yeah when, let's suspend reality for a moment have a little fun this movie's good for that it dude exactly let yourself go and just like get in the moment because this movie is so fun to be in dude, honestly but let's talk the about sets. your sequence a little bit more here because this 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 is my favorite sequence yeah of so the this is the one where you can tell that the ant um has a creepy like clown fetish like they have a guest Dude. room that's nothing but fucking clowns the shelves full of fucking clowns with like dresses on and like weird shit right just like every sort of clown you can imagine mm-hmm. but there's this one fucking clown that is sitting in the rocking chair in the room that is fucking life-sized and just the scariest fucking mask this isn't even like oh creepy clown mask this is like killer fucking clown mask right so she's fucking creeped out 
she goes to bed in this fucking room, which I can't believe. Like, she's, like, very, like, you could tell she's uncomfortable even to be in there. Like, the, the blanket is, like, half on and shit. Yeah, I would sleep on the kitchen table before I'd sleep in there. Yeah. Oh, my Honest just, to God. Sleep in there with the kids, right? Uh, they have bunk beds. And, like, that would be a much safer feeling. But uh, I actually just had a fucking chill on <sighs> my spine thinking about this. Okay, keep so going. So, the aunt calls at some, like, there's, you know, some... So there are a couple sus- suspenseful scenes at this point of her approaching the clown. She's here, hears noises. The clown's face is pointing different directions at different times. <sighs> All shit where you're like, this is so fucking uneasy. I am uneasy as hell. So the phone starts ringing. She goes out in the hallway where she has a sight line on the room. She can look at any time and see the clown sitting in the rocking chair, right? So the aunt is like, hey, how is everything? Did you get in okay? Well, yeah, the babysitter was gone when I got here, which is fucking weird. But uh, the kids are fine. Um, I'm just trying to go to sleep. And uh, But I have to tell you, that fucking clown that you have is really, like, unsettling. Like, it's unnerving as hell. And she's like, oh, which one? She's like, well, you know, the one. The one that's like fucking seven foot tall sitting in the chair. And she's like, I don't have that. The phone drops as it should. She sprints it in the kids room. Oh, she but looks you over. You can see in the background as she's saying this, the, the, cl- the clown, the clown is, is moving up. around yeah. and shit. Ugh. So she looks over and he's gone. Um, so she goes in the kids room. The kids are like, no, that's like, that's Owen. He's been playing these games. That was him at the door earlier. Like he's just, he's fun. And then at, right as they say he's fun, like these weird, like trifect, like almost like predator, like weapons come through the door. It's like three blades. It's like phantasm. It's yeah, like, dude. Yeah. Oh, it's what like happened the- here? <laughs> uh, but she's a fucking badass babysitter too, man. She like thinks ahead, gets those kids going down the trellis. Dude, she is on it. On it, dude. Yeah. Like fucking from the get go, like climb yeah. down that trellis and get out of here, which for all we know, they did escape. Uh, you come to find out the clown is really only there for uh, Tabitha anyways but she finds the babysitter in the shed the babysitter like comes out of like the tool thing and falls on her yeah 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 Still dressed in the cheerleading outfit, which yeah. is ridiculous. It's All like right. I we, understand why people might sure be that critical you know. of this yeah. movie. <laughs> oh, there's uh, June. That's June. That has <laughs> to be June. Yeah, they might as well have a sign over top of her like June. Uh, but yeah. yeah, no, dude. So so good. Um, and just like for me, it like just hits home now and it's a fall movie and I was watching it today and just, like I said, I was having a kind of a craving for fall. So it was perfect. Dude. Great pick. Uh, great sequence. Like I said, it's my favorite of the film and yeah, dude, this, this is a good one. This is a movie that you and I found, but I feel it like was in this house, but like right 15 years ago, I moved to Chicago. Maybe I feel like we found out. it. Yeah. So like this came out in 08. We probably found it like 09. Yeah. Um, streaming on Netflix or something, and that yep. opening scene is like the the couple in the car doing the convoy thing, right? She, and she's <laughs> so mad about it, just, so mad. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that, but yeah, just inexplicably mad. Do you want to get to South Carolina today? Like, we're gonna. <laughs> do you want to? Uh, if so, go to sleep. All right, so let's go to my number two. This is a movie I actually don't really like that much. Oh, uh, and I Jamie hates this movie. So, but this is a 2016 film by uh, Chris Peckover. It's the director called Better Watch Out. Dude, why would you pick this movie? Want to put her in the mood? Watch a horror movie, dude. She's like twice our age. I really don't think it's gonna happen. 
She's here. You are breathtaking. <laughs> Thank you. Now, don't stay up and watch scary movies, okay? It'll give you nightmares again. So, what do you want to do? I have some Ugh. reasons for this, okay? so This wasn't after- on the list you sent me, was it? I hate this fucking movie. So, Ashley's her babysitter. Okay. And the premise of this film is that you have this quiet suburban street. It's the holidays. It's around Christmas time. You have a babysitter who has to defend a 12-year-old boy from like, it's like a home invasion that's happening. And then you kind of come to find that the home invasion that's occurring is not your typical sort of home invasion that that you're used to witnessing. So 100%, this not my type of movie, not Jamie's type of movie. There's a double switch that kind of happens early on (sighs) where you, you basically watch the first 30 minutes of this movie and you think like, okay, this is what's going on. Like there's this home invasion occurring. You've got this, this, uh, this babysitter, Ashley, and much like the relationship that we were describing from the film, the babysitter, yes, you know, you have this vulnerable, uh, kid in his early teens, maybe 12 years old. I think he's, wait, I said he's 12. Yeah. So he's 12 and you know, you've got a 17, 18 year old babysitter and you could tell he's, he has feelings for her and they've got a great relationship. He's vulnerable. He's, he has, uh, like social vulnerability and psychological vulnerability He's just got issues and then this invasion happens and it's nuts. But, but she as a babysitter, as this is going on is badass, dude. Like it's like, it's like you're watching the descent, right? She mobilizes to action much like our babysitter from, from amusement. Like she, she, like she responds to this incredibly well. So if my kids are home alone and something like this were to occur, I would want this person to be there to take care of them. So I think she, and when we're talking about babysitters, she's tough as hell. She's smart. And as the movie evolves and you kind of get the reveal of what it is that's going on, she's got to deal with a really difficult, really, really difficult situation. Uh, she, she does so admirably. And I don't know. I think she just does a great job with this movie. The, the kid is so hateful in this movie the scenario is so disturbing. It's so, I don't know. It, this, this movie's really mean spirited again, not, this isn't my thing. This movie's not my thing. It's not yours either. In fact, I remember you and I randomly watched it on the so same random night. dude. It was like, we left a family Christmas party, I think like Christmas Eve or something. And we both were like, I don't remember the, the exact circumstances. I think I asked you if you had seen it, and uh, I was like, yeah, no, I watched uh, or, last night. I think we both finished it at the same time. It Insane. was something weird, yeah. But yeah, this this movie's uh, it's heavy. <laughs> yeah, and so. I've I've actually seen a lot of uh, people that love this movie, so I don't want to dog it. Uh, it's just not my thing. Yeah, I, I just didn't like yeah. the twist. I, I know a lot of people kind of take it more lighthearted than I took it. Like I took it like to like. Personally, you know, like, fuck you. Like, Similar I to, like, this. Funny Games. Yeah. I had the same emotional response to this movie that, that I did to Funny yeah. Games. Uh, and it just, you know, you, this movie brings Ugh. out some emotions in you. And it makes you culpable in wanting Ugh. bad things to happen. Have to, you ever watched it again? No. No. I, like, I, I can't even no. imagine wanting to. I watched it. I think it was... This past year, right? Or no, year maybe yeah. year before this. Yeah. But yeah, in prep for the episode, I 
was just reflecting on stuff and you know <sighs> i was really pumped to watch it too um yeah. because you you don't get horror christmas movies all that much so no I was expecting a fun, a fun kind of lighthearted uh, horror movie. No, it's definitely I not. not get that. I mean, survival is intense in this film, and there's, like I said, a lot of psychology and yeah. emotion to this movie. So it's it's a lot to unpack. But when we're talking the theme, babysitters, yeah. she's a tough, tough babysitter, and she'd be a great one to have. Super so, relevant, man. Yeah, yeah, pretty good pick, but terrible movie. Pretty, pretty good pick. <laughs> All right, my number two is a lot more fun than this. Uh, but the babysitter kind of sucks. Uh, this is Monster House from 2006. Dude, I I was hoping it was going to come up. Yeah, and the babysitter's name is Z, who is played by Maggie Gyllenhaal. We'll be back tomorrow night. Well, if anything happens, call the police and hide in your closet. He knows that. Have fun with the sitter. Okay. Now listen up. Control the TV, the stereo, and the phone. I'm not your mother. I'm not your friend. Fine. Every town has a legend. And uh, she is forced to take care of DJ. Um, and unbeknownst to her, she's also going to have to take care of his buddies, Chowder and Jenny, as they try to unsolve the mystery of Nebercracker uh, in the haunted house across the street. Yes, sir. I fucking love this movie. Uh, this is a movie that's near and dear to our hearts as dads because this is probably the first like horror movie that we show our kids i mean this is a horror movie right uh, for kids um dude yes i remember recommending this to my boss uh when his my kid started watching it when he was about four uh, and i recommended it to my boss whose kid was about the same age and he like texted me the next day or sent me a message at work or something and was like thanks this is a, a lot because my wife is pissed at me like this was just a horror movie it was animated yeah. And I was like, yeah, it, it could can be a little bit scary for kids, uh, but this is a great one. Uh, Can't be my ass. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's one that I saw as an uh, adult. I was probably 30 and uh, the first time I saw it, and I loved it. Still love it. Uh, watch it with the kids every year. So our buddies, <laughs> Maddie and Mike, when they told the story about going to see it, remember? Yeah. <laughs> Two, <laughs> like, 40-year-old dudes. <laughs> they got tickets for pre-release or whatever it was hey free free tickets for opening week or whatever it was and they said that the, it was just the two of them and they're with like families and young, <laughs> yeah, and young kids, kids. And shit. <laughs> i love that story because like as a viewer of this film i you know if this if they said hey uh we're gonna put monster house back in the movie theater next month i 100 would go yeah. and if my family were out of town i would go by myself you know right. so i i do feel strongly toward this film for sure and this is a really funny pick and dude, the, the suburban landscape, the reasons that we love this movie coincide. So, so much with why this is a fun theme and a fun prompt, you know, you're in the suburbs, you're in an area of comfort and it takes you to that realm of comfort with characters that should be comfortable to you and kind of flips it on its head. You know, it's, you've got the, the secret across the street and the the babysitter in this respect is someone that's kind of combative, who is a little bit of an antihero, I guess, and who creates friction in the story. Whereas you know the the existence of the presence should be to help facilitate, to be a caretaker, to be kind, to be understanding, to be helpful. And she isn't. You know, she's got her shitty boyfriend Bones. Yep, she's blasting the shitty music. She's threatening DJ with, you know, she breaks the vase and she's like, oh, dude, there's right. more where that came from. 
when she comes in too and she's got her sweater on. Yeah, she's, like, no, she's looking all presentable. Hey, we're gonna do fun things, playing Scrabble and shit. And then he's like, uh, "They're Parents gone." Have been gone, and she's like instantly like her hair turns black and like yeah. spikes start growing up on her belt. <laughs> yeah, where do those spike studs come from, dude? That her boyfriend too. When he rips the, if you if we Bones. did a, if we did a prompt of like top five characters from horror movies you want to punch, Bones is in there for me. Yeah, I mean, also, she's bringing a fucking meth head into, like, the kid's house. That guy is... And he tears his bear. It's like, I'll punch <laughs> out prick. your shitty teeth. Him him and the kid from Better Watch Out, my top five mm. tooth punch uh, moments. But Bones kind of gets a sad little... The kite. Redemption. Yeah, he, well, he has a sad little storyline where he gets taken in. Uh, the kite sucks him in. Uh, but... Yeah, no, she's not a very good babysitter. She really has no redeeming qualities. Uh, she's kind of a dick to them. You know, she's forced to, like, be with them for Halloween. Um, yeah. She, she's forced to take care of him and Chowder. She goes in and sees the the piss, piss bottles that they've been pissing in uh, <laughs> because they've been spying on Nevercracker's house nonstop, afraid to leave. Could, so, yeah. could you imagine, imagine as a babysitter walking into that? Oh, my God. But also... You two fucking losers. If you told if you flipped this prompt and said flipped this prompt and said who who of who we've talked about would you want to babysit most? DJ and Chowder would be my number one. Oh, they're great. Those are I'd, uh, I'd be in that in that situation with them. I'd be like oh, absolutely, dude. We need a telescope, not binoculars. Yeah, no, and they're they're heck of like they're really good at what they do. They're good at uh, figuring out what's going on in a mm-hmm. really roundabout way. Very good pick, man. Love Very good. All right. I don't know how we got here so fast, but we're number one. So I went with my number one is, and this really isn't, I didn't do a specific order. And again, I tried to avoid some of the predictable stuff. So my last one I'm going with is the character of Jill Johnson from the 2006 Simon West film, When a Stranger Calls. I could have at least driven myself, Dad. But I want you driving home alone this far so late at night. Wow. You must be Jill. You were so thrilled to find a babysitter at the last minute. Just make yourself at home. Yeah, this one has to be in here, right? Yeah, dude, it has to. So this is a remake, obviously, of the, the original, When a Stranger Calls. Yep. But this is starring Camilla Jones, Tommy Flanagan, Katie Cassidy... And our premise here is during a babysitting gig, a high school student is harassed by an increasingly threatening prank caller. So, by the way, this movie, this movie's PG-13. Yeah. So, for a 2006 PG-13 remake horror film, one would say, like, okay, that movie's got to suck. And honestly, it doesn't. This is a, uh, this is a good movie. I think it's a good remake. We talked about the original version of this film, I think, in our 10 horror phone calls you wouldn't want to receive. Yeah. But uh, Jill Jill does a great job as a babysitter. The house she is babysitting in is super badass. Uh, the, the phone 
which is constantly, especially in the mid 2000s, when it started to be that everyone on the earth had a phone at all times. Yeah. I feel like horror films were constantly scrambling to say, like, how do we get rid of the phone from this sure. movie? Right. So the the device that they used to get rid of the, uh, the phone in this film, I thought was pretty good because they said, hey, you're over on your minutes. You know, you're you're grounded. Can't have your phone anymore. So she's in this place uh, babysitting for Dr. Mandrakis, I think his name is. And the the house is ridiculous. It's it's it looks like it's on the same lake from the Friday Thirteenth Part Three remake. It's just yeah. like the rich family across the lake or something, <laughs> right? Yeah. And the the house is wild. It's really cool. There are other ancillary characters in there. You know, you've got the the maid uh, who ends up showing up too, and the phones constantly ringing within the house. Jill does a great job, again, being a babysitter. But the the one thing I will say is, would you go babysit? Like, if you were a babysitter yep, and you took a job and you went and you'd not met the kids before and you got there and it's fucking like 5 p.m. when she gets there, by the way. Yeah. And the parents are like, kids are asleep. Uh, don't wake them up. Wouldn't you be weirded out by that? Yes. I feel like I, again, you're a a teenage kid. You'd probably just be like, okay, cool, I won't. But that's a serious moment that would give me pause. Like, serious moment that would give me pause. Anyway, she battles. She survives. She's a pretty badass character. Uh, She does a great job uh, watching after the kids and managing what proves to be a very, very difficult situation in an unknown environment and she is a great babysitter yeah dude it's a good one you like this movie right yeah i feel like i like it more than you do yeah i do too but i feel like you (laughs) i feel like this is a movie that you just have a different relationship with than i do yeah i i watched this movie with my so my father-in-law Brittany's dad told me when he saw the original of this film that he went on a date, watched it, came home, and when he got home, his parents were out at dinner, and he was so scared that he slept in his car until his parents got home. Oh, my God. Which was, it cracked me up so much. So huh. when the remake came out, he one, one day it was like, oh, yeah, let's watch that. And I was really confused. I was like, why are you so eager? Like, he likes <laughs> horror movies, but... Yeah. Never, you know, just total enthusiasm about it. And then as we're sitting there watching it, come to find, he tells me this great story and the relationship with it. And I just, I have a lot of a sentimental, uh, I guess, thought and attachment to it just because of that reason. So, yeah, but that's, that's nice. my last pick there, buddy. That's a good one. All right. So for my number one, uh, it's pretty goddamn obvious. It's the best babysitter of all time. And it is Lori Strode from Halloween 1978. Halloween night, a small American town, 15 years ago. Michael? 
I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. How could we not? Uh, the classic Jamie Lee Curtis character. She's shy. She's smart. She's uh, a little bit introverted. Uh, but she is uh, like pro babysitter, right? They say that she's like, you know, got so much money saved up uh, from all her babysitting jobs. Uh, she prefers the company of children to, uh, you know, maybe mean um, teenagers. Um but she is our lovable scream queen uh, who is just fucking amazing at uh, pretty much everything. Amazing at school, amazing at being a babysitter, uh, amazing at taking down Michael Myers. Yeah, dude. I mean, we've talked this movie up and down, but again, given the prompts that were being served, uh, there's a huge disparity between her ability to be a babysitter versus that of Annie next door, right? So Annie's pretty irresponsible. She's letting Lindsay Wallace watch the thing and eat popcorn completely by herself. She's running around in a, a shirt, trying to climb in and out of windows, trying to do laundry. Uh, her boyfriend got caught soaking windows. Old Jerko got caught soaking windows. And then she ends up on the phone with him and basically just dumping off the <laughs> the kid and, you know, taking Lindsay Wallace and yes. dumping him off and, and going out and she you know she's the the dichotomy there of the the not good babysitter versus Lori Strode who's running around literally in an apron doing engaging things with the with you know with yes. Tommy carrying the world's largest pumpkin around largest pumpkin ever but all, not only that with Annie she also invited her friends over to get laid in this house yeah. where she's babysitting a child which is insane but maybe that was the seventies, you know. Yeah, may- yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, this is this is the obvious must pick here. Yeah, we don't we don't even have to say much. No, it's obvious. Um, if we didn't put this on our list, would be stupid. Uh, and this is my number one babysitter. God damn! Did you have love any me some Lori Strode runners up? Uh, yeah, I didn't write any down, so I had one that came to mind. And I kept trying to work in Haunting Hill House or Bly Manor. Yeah. Because there are, you know. Bly Manor especially. Yeah. There are scenes of that, but I just I couldn't couldn't find a way to work it in. Yeah, there were a couple that I was going to go out on a limb with, you know. And then um, I was thinking Amityville Horror. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Working in that babysitter, but I, I didn't. I, I'll be honest. I actually found this one to be kind of tough. It was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and there were a lot of movies out there as I was researching and prepping for this that I, I hadn't seen. So if, if there are films that you feel we missed that we need to revisit, let us know. Yeah, and I'm sure, they, you know, I actually saw a bunch uh, when I was doing research to try to find uh, some maybe under-the-radar babysitter movies. There were some that I saw that just, like, I haven't seen, so to even talk about would be unfair, you know? Yep. Uh, so, yeah. I feel pretty confident in my list. Me too, buddy. Well, thank you all for joining us. We're going to do this again very soon. The next couple episodes, I think, are going to be interview-based, so, and they should drop within pretty quick succession. So 
I know things have been released a little further apart than normal, but we're getting back into a regular cadence now that we're locking up some interviews. So thank you all for listening. We love you guys. Bye, guys.